great generosity of God. God is generous with us in every way, giving us all that we need for life and even the gift of life itself. And we're thinking about what it means to live lives defined by gratitude, generosity, and joyful service. So we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Next week is Stewardship Commitment Sunday, which means we're going to be inviting you to make commitments of your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness for the year ahead. But first, it's been kind of a rough week. Anybody else feeling that way? Yeah. In so many ways, it's been kind of a rough week. And I know from conversations I've had with so many people this week by in person, by telephone, by email, by Facebook chat, uh, that many of you have been really struggling with the events of this past week. So I want to spend a, we're going to spend a little time just reflecting on that and processing that. So the reason we're at tables today is because we're going to be sharing some table conversation around the tables a little bit uh, this morning. So the first question I want you to just spend a minute around your tables discussing is this one. How are you doing? <laughs> okay, which is different than how are you, because when someone says how are you, what do you say? Fine. Fine. But how are you doing is a question that invites you to share just a little bit more deeply and a little bit more honestly. So just spend a couple of minutes, we're not going to take a lot of time, but just checking with each other around the table. How are you doing? Okay, go. <laughs> I know, it's a big question. <laughs> I, We don't have to go around the circle either. It can be however you want it to be, no pressure. I would say I have moved through, so Wednesday was totally incredulous, or actually Tuesday at 1.30 in the morning when I was still watching returns. Wednesday was, yeah, sort of incredulous. I'm in a fog, I can't even function. And then gradually moving to anger, mixed in with a little guilt that maybe I could have done something more, and then waves of sadness for my kids and my grandkids, the future of this planet, and all the rest. And now I'm starting to feel like more like fired up, like, okay, this is a call to action. We can actually do something to make the world better. 
and it's not linear, so I still go back to anger and sadness and guilt and incredulous, but... Right, right. Um, so I was at work on Wednesday in New York, and um, the presiding bishop is a black man from North Carolina, and there's a the person, one of his top three canons is doing racial reconciliation and evangelism, and she's a black woman, and she had to sing Left It Clips Every Voice in the service on Wednesday, oh, yeah. and I feel like that was both, like, destroying, like, grieving, and has become sort of that touchstone that, like... There is so much privilege in my freakout. Yeah, like, right, right. Because it has mostly been fine. Right. Me, and suddenly this feeling that maybe it's not fine for me is like such a yeah. privileged moment. And so to have them say, like, this country's always been shitty to us. Right. And we still fight. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perspective. That's what my um, friend from Puerto Rico I'm just going to wonder a bit. because there's a lot of power in that question, how are you doing? Four words that add up to a lot more than how are you. Okay, so I want to encourage you to continue that conversation. Check in with each other, how are you doing, when you have time and focus to really listen to what someone has to say. That's what it means to be community for each other, especially when, when things are challenging. So, I don't presume to know how you vote. And I don't even care. As I said at the beginning, it doesn't matter if you identify with Republican Party or the Democrats or you're an independent or you're a Green or you're a Libertarian. It doesn't matter. I think a lot of the grief that people are feeling is not even so much about a certain president-elect as it is about a wave of hatred and violence that yeah. seems to be unrivaled. And it's not that these, these uh, dynamics are new. We all know that they existed before, but it's kind of like a scab being pulled off a giant gaping wound and now we're all confronting it. Okay? And especially I want to just name the importance or the, the awareness of privilege in all this because many of us have enough privilege that we haven't been aware of dynamics that more people who are more marginalized have always known and always experienced. And I think that's really important. But the call to all of us, no matter how you identify or how you vote, the call to all of us as people of faith is the exact same call. And that is to stand against racism, xenophobia, Islamophobia, misogyny that is hatred toward women, and bigotry in any form that it presents itself. In our baptismal vows, we take a vow that we will resist evil and injustice and oppression in whatever 
forms they present themselves. And they are presenting themselves to us in this moment. So I shared in my group that this week I sort of had a, I started out with sort of a feeling of, of I don't know how to make the word incredulous into a, into a noun. Incredulosity. <laughs> I started out feeling incredulous. And then that moved to anger. Mixed in with a little bit of guilt. Maybe there was something I could have done. Which has moved to kind of a sadness for my children, for my grandchildren, for the future of this planet. Which is also a bit of fear. And now I'm starting to feel more kind of like fired up. You know, like to experience this moment as a call to action and a call to respond in a way that we really can do something to make the world a better place. And that's not linear. So it's almost sort of back and forth between all of those emotions. And I suspect some of you are in the same place. But the call to all of us is to stand against racism, xenophobia, Islamophobia, misogyny, bigotry, and whatever forms they present, they present themselves. Because listen, those are antithetical to the gospel. Those are antithetical to the way of Jesus. Those are antithetical to the core values of Hope Gateway. And they are antithetical to the core values of the Christian faith, the Muslim faith, the Jewish faith, any faith at all, or even secular humanism. Those are antithetical to all that is right and true and good. You hear me? So this moment is a call to us to stand against whatever it is that divides. And to stand with all those who are standing on the margins and are feeling vulnerable and fearful and afraid. So that's what I wanted to say about that. Um, some words from scripture. Can we pass these out? Okay, good. So we're going we're gonna to share some words from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter 5. I'm glad I have my buddy here. He's really helping me here. No, no, no. You don't have to apologize. This is awesome. I love it. He loves church so much. He's so, he's so cute. If anybody else wants to come up and follow me around, you're welcome to. Welcome to people of all ages and heights and everything. So, so words from Matthew chapter 5, and the, I just, these are paraphrased, uh, kind of interpreted in contemporary language by Eugene Peterson in the message. So Jesus didn't actually say these words, but they're a beautiful uh, interpretation of Jesus' words. So we have three readers, I just invite you to read nice and loud so we can all hear. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be captured. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, don't you think I'm, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous father, mother, in heaven. So what did you hear in there that stuck with you? 
phrases, ideas that caught your attention? Open house. Open house. What's the context of that? About keeping open house? Keep open house. Keep open house. That implies a lot, doesn't it? What does that phrase, keep open house, imply to you? Hospitality. Hospitality. Welcome. Yeah. Randy, what were you going to say? I was just going to say, I noticed the concept of God has given you a place of influence, right. so use it. Use it, right? Like we're going public with this. Yeah. yeah. Like, there's no question. You have a spot, and it's your job to own it. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. What else did you hear? Saltiness. Saltiness. I like that. You like that, yeah. <laughs> Don't lose your saltiness, right? But what does salt do to food when we eat it? It brings out all the flavors, doesn't it? Have you ever had something that just tastes really bad and you just put a little salt and all of a sudden it's amazing? Yeah. Okay. Martin. The light in us bringing out the world colors. Right. The light in us bringing out the God colors in the world. Isn't that amazing? As the God colors already exist, we, our light just helps to bring those out. And where does our light come from? From God. So it's this kind of dance. There's a call to action in these, in these words. To, to, to stand for what we stand for, to do it in a public way. Uh, and I also like the phrase, be generous with your lives. Be generous, which kind of fits with our theme, the generosity part. Be generous with your lives. So I'm thankful to our friend Steve Garnis Holmes, a friend of Sarah's and mine and others in the room, a pastor of uh, United London, thank you. United Methodist Church in, uh, in Acton, Massachusetts, and a poet, and a songwriter, and uh, just an all-around great guy. And he had, he put together survival tips for dark times. First one, honor your grief. Here's what he says about that. Grief denied is toxic. Say that. Grief denied is toxic. Grief given voice and place is power. Grief given voice and place is power. You get it? Honor your grief. Hold your loved ones. He says when we feel things are coming apart, we need to be held together. Literally. Honor your loved ones. Return to your tradition. I love this one. Religious traditions know about suffering, hope, and justice. They have stories, prayers, scriptures, rites, and rituals, and community that give us a way through the challenges. Use them. And then he says, if you don't have a tradition, let go of the illusion of your self-sufficiency and go join one. <laughs> Honor your traditions. Sing. Oh, whoops. Yeah. Sing. Sing songs that heal your pain, remind you of the light, encourage your heart, and give voice to your hope. Sing with others, breathe together. Let's just think for a minute about the power of singing. Does anybody find it powerful when we come together and sing in this community? Is that meaningful? Yes. Yeah, it is for me. And we're really intentional when we pick up songs. You might not always seem that way, but trying to sort of capture the theme that we're going for. The songs that we sing, and just the act of singing them together, is, is really powerful. So sing. Discover your gifts. I want to say one more thing about that. There are very few places where you come together and sing with others, right? I mean, where else do you go and someone says, hey, let's sing? It just doesn't really happen much. But 
It's something we do every week in worship. Discover your gifts. Each of us, in our own way, is a candle in the dark. What is your light? Discovering it will give you courage. The sixth one is do your work. Whether it's highly skilled or as simple as listening or being gracious, your work matters. Put your shoulder to the day. Do your work. Listen. Especially to those who ache, those who fear, and to those who would disagree with you. Listen like a sponge. It helps clean up the world. Cross boundaries. Befriend people who don't match your experience, identity, values, or perspective. And I think that is really important. I think many of us are realizing just how important that is. And I would add as a caveat, cross boundaries where, they, where those feel safe to you. If it feels unsafe because of who you are or who the other person is to cross the boundary, set your own boundary and don't cross it. Cross in a way that feels safe to you. Give and receive help. Befriend of resilience, he says. Resilience is not heroism. I'm going to start over. Resilience is not in heroism, but in community. Ask for help. Look for ways to help others. Number ten. Keep your eyes on the prize. There are always losses and disasters. There is always suffering and injustice. Always has been. You are not here to save the world, but you are here to bless it. To be light and healing in the struggle. No matter where the world is headed, to add beauty and love to it. And then the last one, trust God. Trust love. He says, this present passage is a short chapter in a long story. The power that creates this world, the source of all life, is greater than all the fear and anger in the world, more powerful than all the greed, hate, and violence. Love holds the world like a mother holds her crying child. It is infinitely present. Trust God. Trust love. So last night, we had a party in this room. It was our Hope in Action benefit to support the work of Hope Act, which has worked with immigrants, especially those who are seeking asylum, and people in recovery from addiction. And it was really well-timed, because it really was a celebration, and there was a lot of joy in the room, and it was for a good cause. So because I know that everyone's feeling a little heavy, I want to show you some pictures from last night. And I'm hoping somebody over there can dim the lights, because we'll be able to see them better if the lights are dim. It's on that wall. Um, and these are pictures from the photo booth. All right, you ready? <laughs> so Jen is a board president of Colfax. And yes, I did get in quite a few of these pictures. <laughs> With Bob. There he is. There we are, Bob. Look at that. Now, I'm proud of this one. Because Shirley was insisting she was not going to have her picture taken. <laughs> and I got her in the picture. Is Shirley here? She was. She'll be back. I was the first one to get her in a picture. I was not the last. In fact, she did it once. She kept doing it. <laughs> I love this picture. Shirley is 90. 
and an incredible inspiration to all of us. There's Linda Greer with her friends. Where's Linda? There she is. Aren't you proud, Linda? And there's Corey and Cecilia and Annika. And there's our friend John Luke with Betty. Jim and Sylvia. Chris and Courtney. There's Ophelia and Haley. And there we are. <laughs> and I just have to say, yesterday was Sarah's 40th birthday. torture right there. You can turn the mic. So you might have noticed on your table you have some post-it notes, and you're probably wondering why, right? Did anybody hear the story about what happened in New York City, the 14th Street train station? Did you see it, Katie? You saw it? So Katie works in New York City and goes to school at Union Seminary. So do you want to share what happened? Do you know the story? It is being told as sort of spontaneous, which I love, and can't be true. Right. Um, <laughs> but it started, I think, at Union Square, but was in a couple of other places eventually. And um, it just is sort of messages from sort of from one New Yorker to another, um, sort of hope and what to do next, sort of depending on where you were in these like very long hallways. Um, and folks, but that's the part that's not spontaneous because people don't have their own post-its. Someone brought them all. Right. Um, but then people, if you've been to New York, people are running around everywhere. And it was a place that was much slower and more, people were stopping to read it um, and actually connect, shake their headphones out. Um, Slow down. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, in that be? So, uh, can I add one thing? Yes, please. Um, so, the University of Southern Maine will be doing the same thing starting on Tuesday morning in the walkway that goes between Davidson uh, Hall and the other hall on the other side of Bedford Street. So, we're starting to have posted up available for anybody who wants to come by and I'll post the link in the Hope Gateway group. Excellent. And here's what else we're going to do we're going to do the same thing Hope Gateway style. Okay? <laughs> so, you have a pad of uh, post it notes, and that is yours. <laughs> You see that we've started to put some up here over the, on the mirrors, and I would encourage you to write a few out, and maybe when you come up for communion or um, sometime before you leave, to add them to that wall. We're going to keep doing that, but there's a hundred notes in that pad, and I want to challenge you to write a hundred notes of hope or welcome or, or inclusion or what to do next, and to post them wherever you are. So here's some of the ones that are in New York. You are not alone. Love wins. Protect each other. Yes, we can. It's going to be okay. I want to say a word about that one, because this one has been said a lot, and I think it does bring hope. But somebody made the comment, and I think this is really important, that saying it's going to be okay, or it's going to be okay for me, are really different things. And so when we say it's going to be okay, we need to especially think about those for whom it might not be okay, and make sure that we are looking out for those who are most marginalized and most vulnerable. We are already great. We will be okay. There's a few. Um, there will be a prize next Sunday for anyone who comes back to me and says, I wrote a hundred notes and I posted them in the locker room, in the public bathroom, in my workplace, on every mirror in my house. Uh, where else are you going to post them? At school? At the grocery store. At the grocery store. Where else? At the reserve, 
write them on the back, you can post them on the windows of your car. That's right. Write them on the, right on the back side. So thinking of that, yeah, that's a good idea. Or any other window. Bathroom stall works. Bathroom stall, absolutely. <laughs> Just post them wherever you go. We want to blitz the greater Portland area with post-it notes of hope and peace and uh, encouragement and welcome and inclusivity, okay? And if you might be going somewhere and you'll know where another Hope Gateway person has been this week, okay? And maybe it'll catch on and other people will start doing the same thing. So try to use all 100 this week, and there will be a prize. Anyone that comes and says, I did 100, okay? Got it? Take that with you. That'll be fun. Sarah's going to say a word now about the safety pins. Um, maybe you've heard about the um, safety pin idea which started in um, England after Brexit, or somebody told me yesterday it started in New Zealand, actually. But um, the idea of the safety pin is to wear a safety pin as a symbol that you're safe. And um, the critique of that is that it just makes you feel good. This is not to make you feel good. We shouldn't feel good, and we should all feel a little guilty. But wearing a safety pin, for me, is a challenge to myself. To say, I am an ally to anybody who needs an ally. And I will stand by you, and I will stand with you, and I will stand for you, even when it's hard, and when I witness something and I have power, I will claim it. So I wear a safety pin for myself, to remind myself that's who I am. And I wear a safety pin to say to somebody, because Wednesday morning I wanted something on my head that said, I love you, I am with you, I am for you, I am not against you, even though you feel like everyone is against you. I am not. So it's a small thing. But it's a big thing. So there are safety pins on your table, and I invite you to take one and to wear one, and to give one, and to be one. Be a safe person, because we need that. So you might read the critique of this, and I think the critique is valid. The critique can be some of this way. It's not enough to wear a safety pin. It's not enough to wear a safety pin and feel like you've done your part. But if the safety pin in some way is symbolic, or inspire to, or maybe starts a conversation with someone that says, why are you wearing a safety pin? Is it in case your button falls off? You know, it's more than that. Um, use it as a conversation starter as well. If you wish to. Maybe not everyone's called to wear a safety pin. But if you are, you're invited to. So we're going to have a little more uh, table conversation now. I just want to say, uh, when, this, when this first started, I was thinking, First of all, how affordable is this? But secondly, this is the worst possible time to have a stewardship for the campaign. <laughs> I mean, the worst possible time. But then it came to me. And I know this sounds a little bit trite and maybe even premature, but I really feel, honestly, in my core, that the work that we are doing as Hope Gateway is more important now than it has ever been. You hear what I'm saying? Without, I, I want to walk humbly with God, but I also want to say, I really believe that the city of Portland needs Hope Gateway. And the world needs more places like Hope Gateway that can embody what it means to be peace-loving, justice-seeking people of faith, who 
who really stand where it matters and make a difference in the way that we live our life. Not just because we come together on Sunday and sing songs together, but because this inspires us to go out and do the real work Monday through Saturday. Okay? So I really believe that the work of, of Open Gateway is more important now than it has ever been, which inspires me to want to be more committed to this ministry than I have ever been in the 10 years that Sarah and I have been a part of this. And I hope, I really hope that you feel the same way, that you will be inspired to be committed to this work with your prayers and your presence and your gifts and your service and your witness, because these gifts matter. Do you hear what I'm saying? You with me? Yes. Okay. So here's the first uh, next question for around your table. <coughs> so just kind of quickly around the table, what does it mean to you to be a part of the Hope Gateway community? And in like three, three or four words, what does it mean to you to be a part of the Hope Gateway community? If you're here for the first time today, you're exempt from this question, except that we want to say we're so glad that you're here today.
think of this as a community where people really live their faith. I mean, really, really live their faith. It's not just about going to the movies. Who else? from the Hope Gateway community, and can you guess what the next question is? <laughs> what is a gift that you have to share with this community? A gift that you've received, and a gift that you have to share. Just quickly around your table, let's take a minute and discuss those two questions. Support 
not just on Sunday mornings. Support not just on Sundays. It's your receipt. Welcome. Welcome. Different perspectives. Different perspectives. Your friendships? You know what someone said at 9 o'clock? I thought this is so great. She said, Every time I come here, I feel so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> in a really good way. <laughs> like, and, and un- then she said, Uncomfortable together with everyone. And we're confronting hard things. And I leave feeling uncomfortable, and that's really good. I like that. I said, That's the best compliment ever. And gifts that you have to share? Thank you. 
and then a, a bookmark um, that you can either keep or pass on to someone else or use in your Bible or whatever book you're reading uh, as a way of remembering what we're about. That's your stewardship commitment packet. And next Sunday is Stewardship Commitment Sunday when we will invite you to bring those back. Any questions about that? Following worship today, I know we're going long, um, but we're going to get anyone who wants to, we'll gather at this table right here. If you want to, to actually get a copy of our, our actual operating budget, the spreadsheet, the little boxes and numbers, or ask any questions about our uh, conversation by sharing together the words of John Wesley that are in the bottom right corner of your doodle pad. Beautiful words that sort of put in perspective what we're called to be and who we're called, what we're called to do and who we're called to be in the world, especially in this time. Let's read these words together. Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as ever you can. Amen? Amen. So on Wednesday night, some of us gathered at the parsonage together to sit and pray and process. And Priscilla Drayden taught us this new song that we're going to sing today. Um, I do have some sheet music for those who like to follow the black dots up and down. You may write one of these. Sarah, take a help.
Amen. Thankful again for last night's great Hope Act celebration. It's the gift of friendship. I'm really thankful for um, this community. So most of you might know that um, I had a turn in my pregnancy and spent, just spent the week at May Med. And many, many folks reached out to us and let us know that you were praying for us. And we are new to Maine. Our families are not here. We don't have a community here. This is our first baby, and it feels really good and supported to be in this room. And I want to particularly thank Sarah, who called me more than my parents did. We're calling all the time. So, thank you. Thank you. 
hundred like this, we don't know what it's time for it, and then we don't know the new rules are going to be implemented in other parts. And then tomorrow, my notification for our partners, we need to talk about very well.
you did not get an announcement sheet like this, we have some up here we can pass around and grab one from the table in the lobby on your way out. Also, if you're here for the first time today, we want to say welcome, and we'd love to have you fill out one of these yellow welcome cards. These are on the table in the lobby as well. You can fill it out with your name and contact information, and just leave it there on the table, or pass it to Sarah or me or someone else that looks friendly. Um, we're glad you're here. We hope that you will come back again. Remember that we have a new dinner church at our 185 High Street site. It's every Sunday at 5 o'clock. Dinner around the tables and worship around the tables kind of all integrated together. Tonight's dinner is a wrap bar. So think about our, a sandwich wrap and the wraps and chicken will be provided. You're welcome to bring anything else you like in your wrap. Tomatoes, lettuce, something else for a side. A veggie salad, potato chips, something that you enjoy with wraps. Uh, and that's at 5 o'clock tonight and every Sunday. We have a confirmation retreat coming up. We're really looking forward to this. All three of our confirmands are here. That is Lucinia and Beth and Miriam, along with uh, 10 or 12 youth from two other churches that will be going to Bridgeton Friday night through Sunday morning. I'll be back in time for the 9 o'clock gathering. And all of the youth and leaders will be coming to worship here at 11 o'clock on Sunday. As I mentioned, after worship today, anyone who wants to talk more about our budget or about stewardship, we can gather here at this table for 20 minutes. And then next Sunday is Stewardship Commitment Sunday. Did everybody get a stewardship commitment packet? If you did not get one, there are some right next to the whoopie pies. So on your way out, grab a whoopie pie, please. We do not want those hanging around here. And grab a stewardship packet if you didn't get one. Those are the announcements. Oh, the last one last announcement. And I really hate to make this one. <laughs> but two weeks from today is the first Sunday of Advent. Can you believe that? Two weeks from today is the first Sunday of Advent. That's the only season leading for Christmas. So the Saturday after Thanksgiving in the morning, we're going to be decorating our worship space for in our front lobby and our windows for the holiday season. And we would love you to come. If you have a turkey hangover, get yourself out of bed. And join us. We'll put up a big Christmas tree and lights and other things for the season, 9.30 to 12.30 on Saturday the 26th. Those are the announcements I wanted to share. Let's bless these gifts. God, we're grateful for the gift of life, for the gift of this community, and for the gift of your presence, your guidance, your peace, and your strength. Bless these gifts that we share. Multiply them and help us to use them faithfully in the work for which you call us in Jesus' name. Let's stand and sing the final song. This is a really important song, and I hope you get stuck in your head so you sing it all week. Peace. Salam, that means peace in Arabic. And shalom, that means peace in Hebrew. So in singing this song, we are connected with our Muslims and Jewish brothers and sisters and with all people and with our planet as we pray for peace.
have right now, that's the feeling I want you to bottle up and stuff in your pockets and take with you as you go out into this day and into this week and embody that peace, that salam, that shalom as you go through the days ahead because the world needs it. And as long as we can keep replenishing our, our uh, supply of it by coming together, drawing deeply from the well of God's grace and sharing God's peace with one another, then we will continue to have the peace that we need to do the work in the world. Amen. So go in peace. And know that the God of peace goes with you today and every day of your journey. Amen.
tell which table I sat at, right? <laughs> of course, it's the messiest table. This is what it looks like under our chair. At the end of it, and made a done. list at both worship, who was who's here, but then somebody was here, just okay, for sure. I know, but we'll combine I them. thought yeah. it might, we kind of need to know more today. Than yeah. Right, right, right.
Okay. I'm sorry I haven't had a chance to respond to There's that. There's no rush. Okay. Karen and I made that decision yesterday, good. actually. Good, good, good. We don't have a date yet, but I'll let you know when In that happens. In the fall. In the fall. Okay. Yeah. Like but October? Or? So, right, I just heard from Sludi Paz. So it's either going to be the end of September or the very beginning of November. Oh, and in that span. So. And are you hoping that that might be a problem? If we wanted to do that, we certainly could do I mean, that. Now that Also, it's not like this is the only time we're having to see Yeah, right? If anybody wants to see our budget, it's a
They do have our permission, so it will work out. <laughs> I figured that was probably the case. I have not. You just get it there by your boss. This one mine? Yes, and it's still recording. <laughs> this is part of the problem, is it's still recording. <laughs> An hour and 30.